When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mamma mia, we are back for another week of Beyond the Edge here on Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob's sister, Nino, and we are back to talk about episode number four of Beyond the Edge. I do have an announcement to make up top. Tonight, Jenny Autumn had to ring the bell temporarily, feeling under the weather. But we have with us here a worthy fill-in here, as Jenny will be back with us next week. He is someone that we ask the listeners to leave us some iTunes reviews, Apple Podcast reviews, and we would work to get the preeminent, beyond-the-edge journalist in all the land on the show (laughs) from Apple Podcasts. Millie Gang Rides Again wrote on April 4th, doing my part to get Mike Bloom on the pod. (laughs) Forever Edger wrote, Jenny explains the adventure so well, and Rob fills me in on the host, so I don't even feel compelled to watch the show. The social media section at the end is my favorite. I sure hope Mike Bloom will rattle his dags over to (laughs) the pod. (laughs) I am very excited to bring you a man who was requested by Beth98788. Love Robin Jenny. Can't wait for Mike Bloom. M.M. Kaler. I'm basically drowning. Said we need Mike Bloom. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Here he is. Give it up. Uh, wait, another one. Uh, oh. Mandy says... Though I rang the bell watching the show and Meta World Peace did, I will never ever ring the bell on this pod. So funny, and Jenny's descriptions of the adventures are perfect. Mamma mia, bring on Mike Bloom. Give it up for <laughs> Parade.com's own Mike Bloom. Rob, why did you dox on my burner accounts? I'm, I'm so depleted now. I have to go start everything back up again. Uh, I was plugging all those accounts to get myself on as the... As you would say, the world's most preeminent beyond the edge journalist. Yes. My God, I need that as my next tattoo. Yes. Uh, Mike, we were so happy to read your exit press with Meta World Peace recently. I also had like, it's not an exit press. I guess it's like an in the door press with, because you're not exiting or entering with uh, Mike Singletary. I talked to him last week. That slipped under the radar. Uh, And guess what? Next week. We're still in the door. I'm talking with Jody Sweeten as well. Yes. Okay. Wait, these are you still your, you, you, this isn't a spoiler? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I get told to do these things. This is happening before the episode, but I, I did sort of check this out with like a cautious eye of like, does something happen? I mean, I know Jody Sweeten says, you know. Um, Next week, the not- jungle claims another victim. Yeah, like not today, maybe tomorrow. So maybe that's saying what will happen tomorrow. But no, apparently I'm just randomly giving interviews with, some of these people. So yeah, I got to talk with with Coach himself, Mike Singletary, mm-hmm. uh, last week. In addition to the aforementioned Meta World Peace 
exit interview, yes. which did name drop the uh, famous Celebrity Exorcism the, uh, Celebrity Exorcism podcast is coming. Uh, busy week this week. We uh, that I, I did say last time we would get to Celebrity Exorcism before the next episode. Uh, we, we did not. We were not able to do it. So uh, I do apologize about that, I uh, will say. Uh, but uh, in the words of Jody Sweden, maybe tomorrow, but not today. Okay, yeah, but uh, maybe one of these tomorrows. Maybe tomorrow is tomorrow's tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is is forevermore. It's interesting, Rob. You brought up this idea of like a a substitute. You know, I am very uh, sad that that Jenny, you know, is not here, but I'm happy to be here in her place. Should they have brought in a substitute for this show? Uh, much like Celebrity Big Brother loves their and their uh, NBA type, should we have brought on Lamar Odom for this in place of Meta World Peace after he left? Yeah, is it like the Royal Rumble, Mike, where somebody taps out and then a new celebrity comes in, like Paradise Hotel? Yeah, exactly. Uh, or maybe it's more so like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, which is like kind of the, if that's the goofus, this is the gallant mm-hmm. uh, in that comparison of like this is much more buttoned up where they would habitually let random celebrities in uh, from time to time on that. Like I remember a Baldwin showed up on the most recent version of I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. So I would have loved for Lamar to show up because they would not have come back to ants in their bed. They would have come back to something else in their bed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, brought it full circle, uh, Mike. So we will talk about Beyond the Edge. Uh, certainly, how is everything going for you? Beyond the edging. Oh my goodness! Well, I'm always edging. So the question is, like, once I looked beyond that peak, sure, you're an edger. That's why for? you're here. Exactly, uh, always edgers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, so a lot has been happening. You know, the reality. So all the TV. edge lords out there listening. Oh, please do not associate <laughs> me with edge lords, Rob. <laughs> please. Don't put those that are out our there. fans, Mike. Oh, okay. All oh, milady, thank you very much. All those <laughs> they're hanging out in cells, they're hanging out in parks, they're hanging out everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, outside of that, 2022 has felt like 13 years. I mean, much like this show, like they've been doing it, they've been out for like four days, and it feels like it's been four months to them. Like, we have gone through so much re- we've been waiding through that proverbial swamp that they did in the first episode up to this point the we're muddy bog <laughs> exactly we were walking through that muddy bog of reality tv we already have like five shows that have been covered at this point so been on that survivor beat you and i uh did that all the way back you know in march uh that has been a really fun season so far uh, and then over on the post show recap side doing a bunch of stuff including uh, as of late talk about edging Season two of Bridgerton is all about it. I heard you got way into Bridgerton. I really did. I ended up one one day. I was just like, Angela, I think we should watch Bridgerton because she is very much into like the Regency romance type yes. of stuff. She watched Bridgerton. Many Nicole's times. been watching it all day today. So she, has she watched the full season yet? She, no, she's a, she has been. Uh, her mission today has been uh, folding uh, like a uh, hundred loads of laundry and uh, watching Bridgerton. How does she feel? that one of the main characters is named Anthony given oh. the name association in your family. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear. I watched the first season with her. I tapped out for the second season. Yeah. So like, I, I don't just don't know. Uh, I guess if I watch a show and like someone is lasciviously talking about someone named Asher, then I'll probably mm-hmm. get that feeling. But for right now, I have yet to experience that, but that's, that's been very fun. I got to appear on that podcast, but other than that, I'm just sort of like, lying in wait like some of the animals that lie in the deep thrust you know flush of the jungle uh <laughs> waiting to pounce when like some stuff is really coming up in may uh, I, f- I found out last week that like the survivor finale 
uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi premiere and the uh, Stranger Things season four all drop in the same week. So I'm like basically resting at this moment for mm-hmm. six weeks from now. Yeah, when I, like, yourself, truly, Mike. Yeah, exactly. When I like truly Hulk out and, and become bestial in that perspective. But for right now, I have uh, Beyond the Edge as well. While those are perhaps other meals to feast on, Beyond the Edge is like a nice salad where you're eating it and you're like, there's, there's interesting components here. Like I'm certainly uh, enjoying the stories that are being told. And then you sort of move past it and you're like, I, I, I still feel hungry. I do mm-hmm. not recall eating that item whatsoever. And that's beyond the edge to me. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit more about your thoughts on the show that we've seen now four weeks? We sort of like have established like what actually goes into a given episode. I mean, it's a good question because I also feel like, the moods of the episode have shifted a bit. And I don't know if it's just because everyone has gotten more, I don't know, afflicted with osteoporosis over the course of the season that we're talking now about like my bones hurt, my back hurt, my knees hurt. My quads are like bowstrings according to Jody Sweeten. Uh, But it seems like the wear and tear is happening on everybody. And I think we're going a little less like impassioned, uh, you know, emotional heartwarming Mm -hmm. pleas, and more so just like, I got to make it through one more day. I'm just barely making by here. But something I also picked up in this episode that I'm intrigued to see if we move forward with is not like strategy, but look, if you're playing this show optimally, you kind of just pick like three people, three of the MVPs and just like consistently pick each other for a team. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that, I don't yeah. know how many. Well, I don't know. Go ahead. Mike, the comparison that I've made to this show, I said that this show is basically like Pirate Master meets Tough as Nails. Like, I feel like that, you know, you have a long, like, 30 minute, like, mission that you go on, and then you have to, like, split up the booty uh, between everybody at the end. And it's just like, then, like, uh, also, like, uh, combined with, like, heartwarming tales of uh, people overcoming adversity. Yeah, beyond the arge. <laughs> yeah. But, Mike, I do feel like that these episodes have become uh, a little formulaic at this point, to the point where I think that we could write our own Beyond the Edge spec script. Oh, I like this. Okay. Yeah. All right, Mike. Uh, that you know, I, I don't want to completely borrow from Liana's Mad Libs from no, the, no, the B&B. Okay, but, but okay, so cold open. We need yes. some sort of a... Uh, calamity to befall uh, the camp. Somebody needs to get bitten by a snake. Uh, yeah. Downpour. Uh, ants. Uh, so, all right, we need we need right, something uh, big for the. Okay, here we go. Uh, Craig Morgan gets struck by lightning. Lightning strike. Perfect. <laughs> okay. It's tough out here in the jungle. There are no other lightning rods. And poor Captain Morgan gets struck by lightning. Yeah, poor Captain. Okay. All right. So now, all right. Ne- next day. Okay. <laughs> Exterior. Uh, day. Campsite. All right. Somebody needs to have like uh, have like a uh, some sort of like uh, crisis of the morning. But this is more of like not so sort of like an external crisis. Like more of a crisis of confidence. Right. So it could be something like. I saw this, uh, I saw a fire and it reminded me, I forgot that I left the stove on. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and so that this is going to be nagging at me. I don't know if I, if I left the stove on and I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to, who are we giving <laughs> that to? I think that's gotta be, hmm, I would give that to, I'd probably give that to someone like Ebony. 
Ebony. Uh, Ebony would be like, whoops, I think I did. I think I left something behind. Ebony is also the one person on the show that really like plays up like I am used to being uh, pampered and waited on. Con- like she's always like telling us how big of a star she is, mm-hmm. how much of a like I am used to eating in Michelin restaurants. I am not used to eating like everybody else, like sort of like downplays like that. They have like a normal life, but she's the only person that's like and, and the more she tells us like what an extravagant life she has. Uh, I feel like the less I believe it. Yeah, the show don't tell. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know if you play the net worth game a la Renat, but I have a feeling that probably of the nine, I would say Ebony. I know that those those housewives tend to bring in the buckos, but like, I do feel like she's probably on the lower I think she's a end. newer housewife. Yeah, so I would say like her or maybe Paulina would mm. probably have the lowest. Net she might have old money, uh, like uh, just from like uh, she's been around. How dare you, Rob? She's <laughs> a young fifty-eight. Fifty. Fifty. And it was fifty-six. Oh, well, all right. Maybe maybe I overestimated. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So all right, we're gonna we're we're gonna then we go on and then we have an adventure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the adventure, somebody needs to have some sort of a calamity on the adventure. So we need some sort of like an injury or a, a mishap to go wrong on the adventure. Yeah, I think it's something like uh, Coach Mike gets an arrow in his eye. <laughs> oh my god! Is there an <laughs> archery challenge? Yeah, I think so. It's like when you're in the jungle, you must f- catch your food the way the others do. And we get like sort of a Brandon Quinton esque moment, mm-hmm. uh, and someone just gets a uh, shot in the eye. And okay. It really questions Coach Mike's ability to stay in the game. All right, uh, we get through our adventure. Okay, and then after the adventure, uh, we need to see our teams um, enjoying a uh, a rather middling uh, reward. Yeah, I think it's like something that you get off of Redbox, like mm-hmm. watching Deadpool, Deadpool 2, <laughs> or like watching the, the basic cable cut of Snakes on a Plane. So they're going to watch a movie. Good thing Matt is not around. He would not care for Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh my God, I'm not getting on a plane ever again. But yeah, I think they go down to like the, they go down to the Redbox and they get like the the only movie that's on file. They get like Something's Gotta Give starring Jack Nicholson. It's like, you've earned a movie night with pop- popcorn from the bottom of the bag. Enjoy it. A little taste of the cinema. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like as movie stars, you've been lacking entertainment. <laughs> okay so then all right back at camp somebody we need to have somebody uh that really play up that they are going to go home fake out and and yeah. and why uh i think it's gotta be i don't know could it be someone let's see how about it could be i'll say uh colton didn't realize that he was uh missing out on the super bowl and he's like, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. no. All There's right. only one a year. I'm going to miss yeah. it. It's a big deal at my house. I got I, I to gotta go home. I don't even know who's in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we need at least three people to do some sort of elaborate fake out at the Lanterns of telling us about why they're going to go home and then punctuate why they're going to go home with a, a complete reversal that they are never going home. So we have our we have our short list, right? We have a uh, Super Bowl missing Colton. We mm-hmm. have Coach Michael. I'm assuming still has that arrow in his eye. And we have we, we have crispy Craig Morgan, who is just completely sizzled to the bone at this point from that lightning strike. And is like, I think I need some medical attention. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get struck by yeah. lightning the previous night. So maybe Colton is like, you know, 
that I told myself that I could never miss the big game and I got to see these two teams compete. And by these two teams, I mean the red team and the blue team because I will be competing again tomorrow. Yeah, and, and Morrow replies like, yes, this is that's, the true halftime that's show. That's how you do it. <laughs> Who needs this? This is our halftime show right here. You're halfway through the game. Coach Mike, you've got that arrow in your eye. That's got to be something of a distraction. <laughs> yeah, then, you know, Mike is like, I didn't come out here with two eyes to go home now. Even if I go home with one eye, I still have one heart. And that mm-hmm. heart's going to keep pumping until the last day that I'm here. And there's no I in team. <laughs> so I'm here exactly. to be on the team. And you know what? I'm going to help. I'm going to help uh, coach someone along on their aim. Clearly they need it. I'm just going to make them believe a little bit more in themselves. So next time they hit the target instead of one of my major organs. Mike, that's exactly the kind of attitude that helped the 85 Bears win the (laughs) Super Bowl. Oh, Colton, I'm sorry to bring up a sore subject for you. Oh, you're really tempting me there, Mora. About to do the Super Bowl shuffle right now. And Lauren, what about you? (laughs) Well, it's a real puzzle why why these why Crispy Craig got struck by lightning. <laughs> Crispy Craig. <laughs> but that's the show every week. Yeah, it really is. And it's it's when you don't have an elimination, I will admit in my own like reality TV watching, I am someone that is straight away from like those non-competition shows just because I do like being able to build something towards uh like a story beat each and every week. And when that doesn't happen, with one exception happening with Meta World Peace, like it is edging in very many ways of like, <laughs> all right, something's going to happen. No, it's not. Uh, and so, I mean, look, Joey Sweeten did sort of like put a bookmark in it. And besides meta, that's probably the closest we have come to someone walking out of this game. But I do agree that now, and especially now that like they have gotten to know each other, I do wonder now if we're going to get a little bit less of like personal stories, because I mean, you played on one of these shows, like only so many stories go around. No, the they have never ending stories. These are the I most guess, eight hard luck celebrities that uh, you've ever met. I suppose so. Uh, though, I don't know. Will it become Australian Survivor? Ask where they just end up repeating the stories over and over again for people who weren't paying attention. I mean, I think so. I, th- I think it makes sense. It's just like, in case you weren't remembering, this is how Jody Sweeten grew up. Yeah. I mean, and look, some of the people have like real hardships that they've talked about. But like now, like we're really like, um, you know, uh, I don't know how to ride a bicycle. <laughs> yeah exactly like those are really hard down on your luck stories of like look at this object what depressing memory does it remind you of and why <laughs> yeah okay um mike is, is there something to the show with it every time they come back from the lanterns that there's some sort of like a calamity between i mean we really we saw colton get bit by a snake allegedly yeah. Uh, after the lanterns, uh, which nobody ever saw the snake, and then he was immediately fine right after that. Um, we had uh, then the uh, ants all over everything suddenly yeah, out of nowhere. I, I mean, listen, there's a non-zero chance they're just like throwing things in there, right? <laughs> Quite literally, in this case, they're like, "Hey, get that intern's ant farm. We gotta dump some stuff in their sleeping bags when they come back, just to see how they mm-hmm. react to it." Yeah, just to mess with them. Um, so. I don't know, uh, like a, a lot of monkey noises going on at nighttime. Honestly, I like I would not be surprised if it's 
It's like playing a board game where you like draw an event. It's Jumanji. You know it it's Jumanji. It's exactly Jumanji. Like nobody's rolled a five yet to get out of it to end the game. And mm-hmm. so like poor Alan Parrish is still stuck in the middle of the Panamanian jungle. That's going to be the next one is like a hunter is going to walk in. Right. Yeah. Or a David Allen Greer is going to come in to try to arrest some of them. <laughs> um, what do you think they did after uh, the ant infestation? I'm not sure. What are they doing in the Big Brother house where there's an ant infestation? Uh, if like, Meta wasn't there, he would know. Yeah, He's the only one that would well, know. Well, I don't know. I don't think they were there long enough on Celebrity mm-hmm. Big Brother. I feel like the ants usually take hold like around a month in the game and Celebrity Big Brother doesn't run that long. But I can't remember. Do they just like set traps while the house guests are locked outside? I don't think they do anything. Something? I mean, it's just like spray raid and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, if they're doing that with the cushiness of Big Brother compared to the exact, uh, mm-hmm. you know, destitution by comparison of Beyond the Edge, like then they're not doing anything. They say, no, you eat those ants if you want to get rid of them. Mike, let's talk about what's going on here. Uh, that it's the next morning. OK, Paulina, she's really she's she's going through it out there. Uh, it's been a uh, a tough ride for her so far, she says. Who said that it was a really good idea for a 56-year-old to go into the jungle with a bunch of youth? The bunch of, she's gone out there with a bunch of youth. Yeah, really, uh, you know, age is just a number, but perhaps when you use the term youth and you're not Schmidt from New Girl, it really does show your age mm-hmm. a bit. I feel like we stopped using the word youths authentically after... My cousin like, Vinny? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and even that was used in a very specific case. So yeah, poor Paulina, like the tin woman, right? With like her, her hips are, are really feeling bad. She just seems like she's been tangled up and tussled up in all sorts of knots. And now, even when she gets an ability to sleep on something relatively comfortable, she has to share it with about 5 million ants. Yeah. Mike, uh, have you been following Paulina on social media? I have not, but I hear like there's a little she's bit of mixing it up there. a little bit. Yeah, much like Crispy Craig Morgan, there's some smoke mm-hmm. coming off of her. Yeah, she's been, you know, that if, if you're out on uh, these Twitter streets talking smack about Beyond the Edge, uh, don't, you know, expect uh, Paulina to clap back. Interesting. Is it just like, is she the most supportive or defensive of the show, it seems, out of the entire cast? It seems like it. She seems to be the one person uh, from social media that is, uh, you know, talking about the show. But in a way that, like, if anybody says anything remotely negative, she will be sure to clap back at them. If you are on the hashtag, yeah. Yeah, she might she's, she's going to show up like the ants. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's the one just crawling out, being like, oh, I hear you're talking crap about this show that I was a part of. Well, screw mm-hmm. you, yeah. youths. Maybe yeah. that's the thing. Maybe she just feels like there's always a youth She's mixed the it up keyboard. with David Bloomberg a couple of times. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's that's um, that's a... a that is a rivalry brewing just for the challenge that I'm really eagerly waiting to see. Paulina Perestroika or whatever her last name is, David Bloomberg. Um, so uh, Ray Lewis now is going to start putting Jody Sweden through. Is it a workout? Which yeah. is it beyond the edge people? Is this show the hardest thing you've ever done in your entire life? Or are we doing extra workouts? What well, is going on? This, this happens on Survivor, though, sometimes, right? Where they're like, okay, we're going to do exercise, which considering the depleted amount of calories that are constantly exiting your body, I agree. Now, look, Jody Sweden was uh, only lifting up some coconuts. So, like, I wouldn't say she was exactly going for, she's not Cindy Gillen doing, like, powerlifting mm-hmm. anytime soon. 
I will also say like Ray Lewis is kind of an agent of chaos with the way that he does workouts. Yes. So he has a deck of cards that he flips over. And when it's a red card, he does push-ups, And then what is it? He does like black card. He does squats. Yeah. And also the number on the card denotes like how many sets you do. What do you do if it's I a face think? card? I, I guess. Ten? I, I don't like know. Blackjack? Yeah. Maybe it's like you just keep going up. Is, is it uh, ace one or eleven? I think it depends on the day uh, and depends on what it's paired against, but, or maybe aces are wild in that regard. I don't know. Yeah. What happens if a Joker card shows up? That's the well, I'm starting to think that this is like Ray Lewis's origin story. Is Ray Lewis the Joker? Oh my God. I've got to miss. I've got to go to my son's football game <laughs> slash putting two different people on cruise ships with bombs attached to them. He is an agent of chaos. Uh, exactly. Is- like, oh no! Are there are there bats around? I hate bats. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we got the backstory of why he wears number fifty two, uh, which was very interesting. Mike, uh, are you doing these types of workouts to train for when you race Puya? Yeah, I mean, I definitely. I mean, listen, I am a Brent Steel guy. So what I do is I put. 20 different types of workouts through the bread steel every day. Yes. And I run the season and whoever the winner is, that's the workout. How that many I do votes the they day. get. That's how many. Exactly. Uh, like that's how many reps, reps that I do. Yeah. If they play an idol, then I have to like do, do that number of burpees for every vote that's voided. Wow. It's I'm pretty feeling, impressive. I'm feeling the burn more than the person who won the fire making challenge. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Ebony and Lauren, was this an alliance that was forming? That's what I'm saying. Like, and we see this on the next time on. I think people are starting to game this system because I wonder if it, at this point people were finally getting in their heads from Moro's constant episodic explanation of, oh, yeah, only the top two people are actually going to be able to, like, quote unquote, win this thing. I kind of have to push my way Was to the top. Is this new there. that I feel like that we're four episodes in? I feel like this is the first I'm hearing about there being a winner of Beyond the Edge. No, this has been there since the very beginning. Hmm. I think there's just been, again, there's been so much redundancy. There's that so you just much going on around here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we're so much, there's so much The activity. world's only Beyond the Edge podcast seems to have missed an important detail. You missed all the clues. <laughs> Ray Lewis left a calling card right there for you to remember <laughs> yeah. that there was a winner. But yeah, so the top two earners, I should say, whoever has the most net worth at the end of this, whoever's in the 1% of these people by the end compete in one last challenge and like they get a big old lump sum of cashola to add onto everything at the end. Do you get to keep your money if you are not the winner? Yeah, I would imagine. So otherwise, a uh, Meta World piece is in a heap of duty <laughs> considering what he left with. Okay. All right. So. Ebony and Lauren, uh, they're going to pair up because Ebony wants to know what it feels like to win. Lauren has not lost. Uh, Ebony tells us this. I'm a woman of probability. That's my legal training. Um, have you ever heard that phrase before? I'm a, a woman of probability. That's, well, my, I, that's my legal training. Yeah, I was going to say, is she quoting like Saul Goodman? Because that's <laughs> the only person I would imagine in the court of law who says like, I've got the probabilities worked out. Yeah, I'm I a probability lawyer. I don't want chance thrown into like a life or death verdict, please, Ebony. Of like, all right, I, I bet the uh, I bet to a coin flip. Speaking of another Batman villain, that like mm-hmm. maybe that's their thing. Wait, is Ebony Harvey Dent? Hmm. Um. Well, Gotham City is not New York, but they feel like they're similar. Could this just be a backdoor pilot for another Batman film with? 
I don't know. Who would it be? Is Craig Morgan Batman? No, Colton would be Batman. <laughs> no, Col- there's, there's Colton Robin. <laughs> All right, let's cast this right now. Craig Morgan is Batman. Okay. Colton, Colton is Robin. Mm-hmm. Ray Lewis is the Joker. Ray Lewis uh, is the Joker. Who's Mike Singletary? Uh, Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> 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 Who's, who is Jody Sweeten? Jody Sweeten has to be, I think she has to be Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Probably. Not Lorna Paulina? Lina, no, Paulina is Poison Ivy, <laughs> right? Because she's got that like seductive aspect to her. If you say so. Um, Jody, Lauren Elena is definitely the Riddler, considering how good she is at puzzles. Yeah, she's very good at puzzles. Okay, great. <laughs> Put this... <laughs> Get this in production right now. All right, DC Universe, uh, you're going to have to reboot once more. I'm sorry. I've got a whole proposition for you of your next version of the Batman. We went in a very interesting direction. So, Mike, it's been a big subplot on the show. Um, Paulina gets picked last every time. Mm -hmm. And And this time... It it might happen. It it might might happen happen again. again. Yeah. I mean, I've... I do feel bad for her, but like, again, you look at every single one of these challenges and like specifically the, the parts of it that are, hey, run this amount of distance or swim this amount of distance or push this thing this amount of distance. And you you kind of have to look at Paulina and you're like, I'm sorry. You know, Lauren has it in, in puzzles. I do think if this was a tribe format like in Survivor, I do feel like Paulina would be one of those people up on the chopping block because she offers heart. But like the other people have other body parts to offer as well. Right. And Ebony has not really been good at the challenges, but she does have youth on her side. Right. She's one of the youths, I suppose. And she did have balance, or at least she claimed to be in that one challenge, right? That she was a ballerina, whereas Mm -hmm. I guess Paulina probably has some amount of poise and balance to be a model. But, like, I don't know how much that translates. And so that we saw the, uh, was it the red team, that they uh, had a choice between Ebony or Paulina. And so... Uh, that was it Jody Sweeten who went to bat for Paulina and said, no, look, we've got to go with Paulina because this will get her pumped up to not be last picked. Yeah. She basically says like, oh, this will, this will really give her the, this will put her into a new mode. I suppose we haven't unlocked super Saiyan Paulina yet, but Mm -hmm. like the verb that she wasn't picked last will certainly give her that energy. I should also point out here. I was a little confused. Yeah. Because so ring, 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 a ling, a ling on the morrow. Yes. Hello. Yeah, and, and Ray picks it up. He's like, hello. And Moro goes, all right, great. Ray, you're a captain. And I was like, is this a Big Brother Canada thing? We're like, because Ray picked up the phone, he became a captain. But no, it's because he was the only one who hadn't been a captain yet. Okay. So, yeah, he was he was the captain. Uh, we see that Paulina gets picked. She's like uh, going nuts. And then she feels uh, bad that Ebony is picked last. But uh, Jody believes in P, she says. We're pushing P. Pushing, pushing P, certainly. That's the other thing, too. They haven't talked a lot about the bathroom situation, which I would imagine is uh, much to be sought after. Dire. In the yeah. Of, yeah, pretty fairly dire in the jungles of Panama. I don't know, Mike. What do you think? I, I'm going to guess maybe there could be some sort of porta potty situation because they don't ta- they don't talk about what how bad it is. Like, I feel like that all, of all the things they complain about, that's one thing we haven't heard the celebrities complain about. Now, it is interesting because they are next to a river. Could they just be practicing aqua dumps, which I do feel like is generally more comfortable than doing it on the ground? 
that's possible. Uh, maybe in one of your next interviews uh, with yeah. the contestants, you can find I'm gonna, out. Like, first thing I'm going to ask Jody Sweden is like, A, where do you go to the bathroom? And B, if it wasn't the river, did that impact more the idea of you drowning in said river during the adventure? <laughs> the idea of, oh no, I might die swallowing Colton Underwood's pee. <laughs> I'll quote that verbatim for my yes. first question. Okay, that's why you're the top journalist on the Beyond the Edge beat. Yeah, when there's only one, you can be the top by default, I suppose. <laughs> okay. All right, here comes the Grateful Eight. What do you think of the nickname? And do you think they spell it like the BB21 Alliance of the same name? Oh, boy. Well, I certainly hope not if that's some sort of like, unless they're going to lock somebody out of an HOH room. But did you notice that Ray tried out the Elite Eight this time around and Moro wasn't nope, having not it? having it. Nope. I love Quentin Tarantino. And so you are the Grateful Eight. That's no pulp piece of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Okay. So Moro, he knows how to set the stage. He knows how to set up uh, the drama here in this week. Absolutely clear, and also clear is the drama is building more than a Real Housewives reunion. Oh. I have a theory that Moro is an escaped animatronic from a theme park. <laughs> is the neckerchief sort of like hiding where the like the inputs are? Yeah. A little Westworld here, right? A little like, Westworld. Take it. Like, I think he escaped from the park. So he's like, kind of has the language down of humans, but like, not quite. He's like, what do they say? Mama Mia. Yes, that's what the humans <laughs> always say to each other. Mama Mia. What a sight to <laughs> behold. Or like, even later, which I didn't notice this in previous episodes, but like, correct me if I'm wrong here, Rob. He does like a, a receiving line of fist bumps yes. every time they walk in. And so I very much think that's like, this is what the people do. They fist bump when they when they see each other. Mike I must do Bloom, that. Good to see you, Jenny Autumn. Yeah. He's like, looking uh, well, looking well, here comes. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I think they just plugged a bunch of human phrases into him. And like, now he's gone rogue and he's like trying to throw all these weird similes and puns out there. And they're like, Yes, I guess we have to go with it. Mm-hmm. I suppose. I don't want to anger the robot overlord that's like the only thing that's in the jungle besides us at this point. It's going to get hotter. It's going to get damper. <laughs> the temperature rising by two degrees. <laughs> okay. So, all right, Mike, on this podcast, Jenny Autumn always tells the audience because some people don't watch the show really that's a surprise uh, jenny autumn always explains the challenge to the Ooh. audience do you okay. think how is your memory mike could you tell the audience what the challenge was this week on beyond the edge and all of the different stages of course there are three parts to the to each adventure there's the first stage the trek and the final stage yeah i don't know why they didn't just call it the second stage why the trek had to be a part of it. Cause like, there's also a stage, the stage in and of itself is a trek. I don't know why we have two stages and like some sort of proscenium mm-hmm. halftime show, I suppose. Sorry, Colton, Sorry, Colton. Uh, <laughs> that is able to, you know, be the bridge between it. But sure. I can sort of go to memory here. 
Hey, did have you all done that math logic problem of like you have a fox and a chicken and a bag of corn and you have to get it across, but like certain configurations don't work? This this challenge, this challenge is one big tr- fetch trade quest that you experience at like the tail end of a 90s video game uh, because we are dealing with truly the creme de la creme of told of culture living in uh bocas del taco or whatever place that they're located in <laughs> in the was. middle of panama uh so bocas they, del toro yeah so they they start Benicio doing del toro is that what <laughs> you'll be watching our finest red red box flicks once upon a time in mexico with Benicio del taco toro yes bocas uh, del toro so you start doing uh, what looks kind of like a survivor challenge here, right? Where they, you have to, on a, a wooden disc, a non-painted wooden disc, they don't even go for color here. They just go with the arm sleeves in that regard. You have to carry... Well, what did you think about puzzle- last week when they made the contestants saw the puzzle pieces? In hand? Yeah, I was like, oh, did John Kierhofer just be like, yeah, and you guys can do the rest. I have to fly off to Fiji. And they're like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with this one. Uh, so I, I love that. Luckily, not a lot of this old housework this week on Beyond the Edge. But here they have to carry over, again, the unfinished puzzle pieces uh, over an obstacle course, just like balancing them via... No, it wasn't even ropes. You just stuck wooden dowels into a, a mm-hmm. wooden disc and just carry them over this obstacle course. That is the first stage. The trek. Hey, Drop those pieces. Those don't matter anymore. Pick up those bananas, baby. You got to carry 80 pounds of plantains, 200 yards, the length of two football fields. Again, apologies to Colton for that imagery uh, to get to a point where you say F off bananas. I'm into cocoa beans now. And so you schluff off a bunch of cocoa beans. Right. Uh, and because that's a fair trade, basically. 80, like, uh, like 80 pounds of anything is like uh, I have 80 pounds of plantains. Okay, well, that's worth 80 pounds of cocoa beans. It's worth 80 pounds of fish. I feel like I am definitely like, uh, you know, I'm playing up here. I think I uh, got out of my reach if I'm getting 80 pounds of, of cocoa beans for 80 pounds of bananas. 80 pounds of bananas will go on you in about 80, bad on you in about 80 seconds as opposed to like cocoa beans. That'll last me a good while. I'll be like, uh, I'll be like Augustus Gloop just chomping on those suckers all week long. So... You saddle up with the cocoa beans. You're going loco with cocoa. And then, oh boy, here comes the dreaded lagoon full of all the number ones and twos of the various contestants. We'll see who's <laughs> number one and number two this week. Uh, you have to take the uh, your kayak out, uh, I believe, to a fishing boat. Yeah. In, in which case, you then have to say, all right, dessert does not become before dinner. F off, Cocoa Beans. I'm getting fishy today. I win the fishy. Let's get a bunch of nasty-ass sun-laden fish on our backs and take it back. Then you've got to hang... You bring the fishnets over to the final stage where you put them on hooks, which, as Morrow says, exhume puzzle pieces. Yes. Like they are freshly dug up bodies. The corpses of these people. Coach's team exhuming the puzzle pieces. (laughs) Never thought that like a 10th grade vocabulary word would be able to be used on a yeah. CBS reality show. But like, good on you. A two dollar. We'll say, Mike, you did you did skip when they have the chance to go for the clue. 
All right. So I should I, I forgot about decision points, <laughs> uh, which also sounds like uh, like election coverage on like C-SPAN three or whatever the term that they use for it. We're going to the big map here for decision point 2024. Let's see um, how the red team and the blue team are faring tonight. <laughs> uh, and so the decision point was basically like keep going a while's the way up the up the creek and like exhume uh, a, a, another clue from a big yeah, metal chain just sticking out of the mud. <laughs> right. Um, or just keep on going. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And so once you get there, you exhume your own puzzle pieces. Well, you exhume uh, your puzzle pieces by you need your 80 pounds of fish to lift up your 80 pounds of puzzle piece. Yeah, I don't know how they program this counterweight. Did the puzzle pieces weigh 80 pounds? I guess that that's the only thing that'll lift them up. They weigh 70 pounds, I guess. <laughs> or maybe the fish is just so stinky that it just repels, the ground repels the puzzle pieces out of it. But this is one of those survivor classic bridge puzzles where like you have to build a bridge to get over to the other side, three Billy goats gruff style. Mm -hmm. And so you have to piece it together so that it forms the words Benicio del taco trio (laughs) Toro. And from there you're able to claim your prize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, very good job, Mike, on uh, explaining it all to the listeners, because then it's like a fever dream once they start the challenge. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Why do we get so much commerce involved in this? Like the previous because times- in Panama, as we saw in Survivor Pearl Islands, commerce <laughs> is done by trading things. So I guess that that brings up an interesting point. Could the clue have been trade one of your your team members to this lascivious shopkeeper mm-hmm. for a clue? Mm-hmm. A la Certainly. Trish. Certainly. Um, we heard uh, some great calls by Moro during this. For Lauren and Ebony, it is definitely teamwork making the dream work. Now, I was told by Moro that these were 80 pounds of plantains, Mike. Yes, I, I believe so. So, which is it, Moro? And there goes the blue team. You got these three? They are on their way to the jungle as this competition was completely bananas. (laughs) Wait, why is he speaking in the past tense? They're still doing it. (laughs) Is he doing ADR and he just didn't change the tense of the verb? I don't know. Or he's like, I'm I'm constantly living in the future. This is all happening in the past. And it's all bananas. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you... I th- We can't plantain the suspense. <laughs> can't, I can't plantain my suspense. <laughs> maybe that's why he ended up doing it in past tense. He did a plantain joke and like, I don't know, maybe uh, the producers are like, it's not working on the plantain stuff, Moro. I think you could go a bit more outside the peel here. Oh, that's the other thing. We'll see how appealing the choice of <laughs> yeah. Ebony was. But I mean, we don't know plantains. what didn't make the cut. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, I mean, Mike, uh, Morrow is just coming up. He's on another level. I mean, this was from last week's show. Hopefully you'll get more winks than Rip Van Winkle. (laughs) I haven't heard the name Rip Van Winkle probably since his actual lifespan occurred, which, again, makes me think he's a robot that he's been programmed with an encyclopedic knowledge of human history. And he just makes odd and out references uh, to things that nobody in their lifetime, maybe except for Paulina, might be able to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this was him uh, the week before this. If this were a tightrope between two buildings, Ebony would be a stain on the sidewalk. 
Yeah, that's that's also fairly gruesome as well. Like really reminding people of their own mortality is not a fantastic. Listen, he's a great announcer in his own right. But if I was calling a competition, I would listen I to this like, man announce anything, Mike. I mean, I, I suppose so. I think wait, tonight's lucky lotto numbers are 32. No, tonight's nice lucky lotto numbers were. Let's go with the moral tense here. <laughs> Do you think is Moro on Cameo? He should be on Cameo, right? He should be. I don't think he is yet. I mean, he's got to be, and he's got to greet everyone with Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia. What's a wonderful birthday. <laughs> Let's talk about the first stage of the birthday. You'll get cake. Then it's the trek in which you'll go to the hibachi <laughs> restaurant. Oh, you could break the birthday up into stages. That would be great. Yeah, exactly. I think, that, okay. I think that's how you do it. Mike, so this week's uh, harrowing experience on the uh, on the big trek this week came in the kayak portion. Uh, of course, the boat is often the most treacherous. Uh, swimming or boating uh, is the most treacherous thing on Beyond the Edge. Of course, uh, Ray Lewis, uh, he knows this. I have a real phobia when it comes to water. That's the one element you do not play with on this earth. You don't play with water. Water is the one element you do not play with on this earth. You can trifle with earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fire can sometimes represent your life. Wind, it's bad in powerful doses, but like, I'd like a breeze on a nice summer day. Mm -hmm. Water, God, do not even F with water. And heart, heart's even worse. Heart. Um... You know, it, it, uh, Ray, far be it from me to quibble with Ray Lewis, uh, but I feel like that um, water, uh, people literally play in it constantly. Like, if, uh, yeah. If we were talking about fire, I would say fire is the one element. Okay. You do not yeah, play pre- with this element. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure the adage is like, don't play with fire, not don't play with water. <laughs> don't play with water. In fact, like, uh, you know. People love playing with water. Yeah, I wonder just how maybe Ray Lewis is having a tough time because he's just incredibly dehydrated because he doesn't even drink water. It's too dangerous for him. <laughs> it's too dangerous. Uh, well, and we did see Mike Singletary fall into uh, f- fall off the boat. Yeah, poor Mike Singletary just like takes a tumble. I mean, that is honestly the reason why they end up losing, right? The entire team. It's yeah. always like one bad thing happens. In this case, it was Mike fell off the boat. Well, I mean, low key, like Mike has been kind of holding back his team the last couple of tries. Uh, like nobody's really talking about it, but uh, there was Mike couldn't get up the wall. Yeah. Did Mike get uh, like screwed up on the ladder also? Yeah, Mike was really well. I think his team was in last anyway, but like he was really slow on that little like cable ladder, like you do at the the bouncy house at the mm-hmm. at, you know the block party and everything. So right, I mean, here's the Mike thing: fell Mike out Singl- of the boat, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, Mike Singletary is uh, he's you know a fantastic motivator. Dude is kind of a sandbag. Let's be completely honest here. Like he may end up becoming like he sh- he should be LVP to be honest. <laughs> if we're counting his skill sets here, because he gets drafted very early each week. Yeah, it might just be a matter of like, hey, we know a guy can coach us through athletic competitions, but like Mike Singletary is not too dissimilar from the way Jimmy Johnson was on Survivor Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yada, yada, yada. We get to uh, the puzzle. Uh, we see that the blue team, they have uh, the clue. And, and the, having the clue had been the difference maker in uh, the first three adventures. So this right. is a little bit different this week. And I should mention, I, I mixed up the 
the plank puzzle that was sewing was last week. This week was just a giant nine by nine mistake. Oh my God. No, I didn't have the clues. It was a nine by nine grid of a map that you would probably ask like a third grader to make of Panama, which was just more like a green and brown blob. Bocas del Toro. Yeah, with some big letters on it. But the big trick was there were dummy pieces. Dummy pieces. And the clue was that you got to find out what the dummy pieces were. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't stop powerhouse Lauren Elena. She don't need no clue. Well, the red team, uh, they were, uh, you know, going through it pretty quickly. But this is a case of where you literally want to put the cartography before the horse. This is the wildest thing he said the whole season. <laughs> What what horse? Where's the horse? What horse? Is he seeing something or not? This was a long way to go for the cartography. All right, so let's I want to break down this sentence structure. Can we diagram this for a second? Yes. Let's, here, here, let's play let's play through the clip here. This is a case of where you literally want to put the cartography before the horse. Okay, I suppose to figuratively put the cartography before That's, the horse. So yeah, we have to start with the word literally because it has no sense belonging here, much like Meta World Peace whatsoever. Why? They're not. They're, again, there is no horse. There is no equestrian activities whatsoever. There was a mule a couple of weeks ago. But that mule is gone <laughs> at this point. That mule's wandered off. Like, there's there's no four-legged animals around at this point. Why is there a literal horse the way Moro is describing mm-hmm. it? Yep. And Also, yeah. carto- cartography before the horse makes absolutely no sense as, <laughs> as a pun. As someone who makes terrible puns themselves, this is not only a bridge too far, this is a bridge to another solar system of trying to make this pun actually work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Also, cartography is drawing maps. Is it cartography to put together a puzzle yeah. of a map? If you have like a map of the world puzzle, are you doing cartography? Yeah, it's like I'm a real Magellan. <laughs> Look what I was able to do. Uh, I put together this tw- this twelve piece world puzzle. Yeah, if if someone cut up a map and said like, "All right, be a cartographer and put this back together," that more so to me is just like being a geographer than it is a cartographer, mm-hmm. knowing where things are. Yeah. But I appreciate it. I, I, mean, I listen, respect it. I no other host on TV would dare say that. I love the effort from Moro, who, again, has no knowledge of human language and is just trying to output what has been input into his sensors by these madcap scientists that let him loose from the park in which he originally resided. And so all the power to him, because it also seems like he is slowly losing his mind as well <laughs> living out there in the jungle. All right, Mike, can you give Moro a new line? All right. Could you feed let's, the Morrow machine oh, a new it's line? So it, it's with this one, it's so easy. Let's see if this puzzle will put your team on the map. Oh, good. I like it. Uh, I was going to say the blue team seems to be mapping the floor with the red team. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that. That's another one of like, uh, okay, will uh, the red team fail on this puzzle or where they give it a compass? <laughs> I think I saw a compass at the end there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so red team that they again, they don't know about the dummy pieces. Uh, they are celebrating. It's not right, Colton. You don't have it. You don't. I don't. Have it. Here we go. Let's go. Let's go. You don't have oh. it. 
<laughs> this is how I want Jeff Probst to respond every single time now to someone clocking in with a puzzle and it being wrong. No, you don't have it. What is wrong with you? You failure of a you POS. Stop celebrating. <laughs> Stop it. You're wrong. You're a wrong person. You don't have it. You lose. I loved it. I loved his just incredulous tone. You don't have it. I love it. It really is offsetting. Like, if Mike Singletary delivers the motivational speeches, I know need Morrow to do the demotivational speeches, just staring at you in the mirror like, you don't you don't have what it takes. Mm, yeah, right after uh, they are uh, literally putting the cartography before the horse. You don't have it! <laughs> That's him yelling at himself in the mirror after he failed that pun. Yeah, and then, so there was like a beat of drama for another three seconds until they... And then they, and then they switched two pieces. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, listen... Here's let's do like handshake meme of Lauren Elena and Russell Hans able to do things without a clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also lost postseason two. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so we then go back to, oh, we got to find out the, about the reward. They have, unlike Survivor, where Jeff's sort of like, all right, worth playing for. Uh, you don't find out what you're playing for until after the challenge is over. Do you think it's to like possibly disincentivize them if they're like, eh, it's, it's not that great. I don't want a bunch of. It's not that great. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to eat a bunch of cans <laughs> like some sort of army recruit. Yeah. Jenny was really into gravy. Uh, the can of gravy was a good incentive for Jenny. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe you just need a little bit of like moisture out there with your foods because I would imagine that like uh, there's there's probably some problems with textures out there. This was the best reward of them all. It though, was. Right? It, the was. Panamanian it was. You know, I didn't mention also that Ebony starts bawling after she went. It was if you didn't watch this, uh, if you recall when Marianne found out that Jackson was going to be uh, <laughs> taken out of the game, that was Ebony's reaction to winning this challenge. And also probably the same level of stakes as well. Right. Like they like uh, finally won mm-hmm. a challenge of like, but they both in the same level, the celebration very much outweighed the actual, you know, <laughs> circumstances of said celebration mm-hmm. yeah uh so red team gets the panamanian feast uh with the stinky fish uh with the cocoa beans yeah but- do you think it was like uh oh and now you get to make them into a panamanian feast for you to enjoy mm-hmm. yeah um we didn't really get to hear too much reaction to the feast was it not that good <laughs> maybe it wasn't that good I'm like, how long was it sitting out in the sun before that team got to it? Um, unclear. It's unclear. Yeah, because otherwise, like, it's just going to smell like stinky snapper the entire time, even the chocolate. Mm hmm. Okay. Jody Sweeten now. We start to really zoom in on her. Uh, last place, uh, worst, worst person on Beyond the Edge. Yeah, it's wild. Like, Jody has fallen so far, I guess, blame like her bum ankle and nearly drowning, but it's been. She's maybe had the worst experience out there so far, unfortunately. Mike, is Jody going to ring the bell? I do not think so. Uh, I think she's just got to get like John Stamos, Dave Coulier in her head being like, we don't give up here. Okay, let's make sure we don't do that. And while she is not in the middle like she likes to be as of late, uh, I, I think that she is someone who is not going to necessarily quit even if it is hard and i'm sure we're gonna get a story about that that the the phrase right rob is like 
why put off till tomorrow what you can do today? And I think that's the case here with quitting the game. Of She says, I'll do it tomorrow. But in this case, I don't think she ever will. Do you think anybody else will ring the bell that they told us in the preview that the jungle will claim another victim. And then they showed like uh, Lauren falling down. Yeah. I don't know if that was more metaphoric, right? Of like, Met- I, I would imagine it, it, literally it, the jungle will claim another victim. Yeah, or like, metaphorically. When does this get into lost where like a big smoky tendrils come out and just grab somebody? I'm not entirely sure. If someone does leave, I would think it would be for a medical reason. I think it's like you have to drag them out kicking and screaming. I think everyone at this point has enough volition where like they are not they're thinking about things back home like we experienced with Ray. But I think at this point, they're still like and eh, for a penny in for a pound. You know, we're all sort of now winning things at this point. Like we're, we're ded- dedicating money. I think the only time we'll get someone to leave this show will be like, Oh no! Uh, I accidentally like chopped my arm off with the machete, and now I have oh, to get taken. I hate when that happens. Yeah, one of those clients, one of that classic situation of the, the machete chopping off the arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, as, as Marianne uh, uh, could easily tell oh, you. Boy. Was that, is that what the bunny story. rabbits eating in the mailbox? Yes. yes, Mike. Do you root for people to ring the bell? Uh, I don't. I'm really of two minds about it because if they don't then to your point, it really does make things feel more laborious of like, what are we doing here? We went through all this only for them not to. But at the same time, I I don't know if this type of show is meant to encourage that, like there can only be one, you know, let's winnow the competition down. Like it really is supposed to do a rah, rah, all for one spirit. And it feels like it flies in the face of that. If you have people leaving on the reg. Mike, would you ring the bell? Oh, I mean, listen, I'd (laughs) ring the bell like, in my hotel room, I'd be like, ring, ring. I'm ring, ring, ring. I'm doing the onomatopoeia. I'm dumb. Don't put me out there, please. I've never gone camping in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I am very much an indoor kid for many reasons. I would be talking into the Moro phone like it was a microphone trying to host podcasts out there. That's how delirious I would get by a certain point. If you were not covering uh, Beyond the Edge for uh, Parade.com, would you ring the bell on watching Beyond the Edge? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure because I think they're for some reason they have us hooked that the allure might happen, mm-hmm. right? Like, but maybe this week, maybe something might just happen. And it really is like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me four or five times, shame on me. And that's the case here. So, I mean, listen, this is a perfect laundry show, much like Bridgerton is to Nicole Sesternino mm-hmm. of like, Just put it on, uh, pay attention maybe just to get a couple of visuals during the adventure. But like, otherwise, if the lights were off during the entirety of Beyond the Edge, like we, I don't think we could lose a lot to be completely honest. I think this works as a radio drama. Wow. You think it could be a podcast? Yeah. The Beyond the Edge could be, this could, this, uh, instead of, you know, this meeting should have been an email. This show should have been a podcast. Yeah. Well, Morrow paints such a beautiful word picture. Yeah, exactly. He could do even more recapping in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they could save some budget for season two. Yeah, you don't need lanterns when it's all shrouded in darkness. Mike, prediction today. Will there be Beyond the Edge season two? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, absolutely I not. think that I think that, you know, I'm I'm grateful that they are trying to catch new stuff outside of the big three of CBS reality yeah. TV, right? Like we really got it with Tough as Nails now going into its fourth season. That's fantastic. I feel like Beyond the Edge has not got a pop really anywhere, whether it be... Except on this podcast. 
Yeah, the stuff that's about this, whether it be through the viewership numbers, whether it be through word of mouth, with the exception of Paulina willing to fight anybody that talks negatively about it. It just seems like overall it has really slid under the radar. And so I think when it comes to pickups, if it is like super duper cheap to produce, and especially if Celebrity Big Brother assumingly is not coming back for a while and they feel like they have celebrities on their Rolodex that they could use, yeah. maybe. But I do feel like it is really like a millimeter away from being picked up barely. Okay. Um, yeah. Tough as nails. Season five has already been picked up. Correct. Yeah. They and, was picked and, up in the big slew with amazing race 34 and survivor. 33 and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but we tough as nails season four has not even air. Has it been filmed? It's been filmed. I think it filmed at the end of last year, and I think it's airing this summer. I want to say mm-hmm. either this summer what or like mid- five seasons of tough as nails. Yeah, in like three years. It's absolutely <laughs> wild. So, yeah, I think, like, look at that. There's not a lot of room necessarily needed to yeah. fill new things. I think they're also, is it NBC? It's doing like the Great American Songbook or whatever it's called, or is CBS doing that? What's uh, the other CBS reality show that's on the air? Yeah, that one, I, I could not tell you the answer off the top of my head. Now, there's something where like Jewel represented Alaska. Like, they do sort of like uh, a Eurovision, but for the United States when it comes to songwriting, I think it mm-hmm. might be. NBC instead but I do feel like they CBS like has things they can pull out of their pocket I think this is going the way of uh, the world's best or whatever that show was with RuPaul and Drew Barrymore okay yeah um so just to give it like the updated ratings on uh beyond the edge yeah. so uh that you know survivor uh that uh was uh 5.31 million viewers uh according to this uh that was number one in the demo 0.8 in the 18 to 49 uh demo um then uh in the nine o'clock hour uh beyond the edge drops to a uh 0.3 uh in the demo and then uh 2.52 million viewers so almost 3 million viewers uh drop off once tribal council happens and beyond the edge picks up. Do you think beyond the edge should pick up at the lanterns to trick people into thinking they're There's still, still watching tribal, tribal council? council. <laughs> yes. Yes. Previously on beyond the edge. Yeah. And they're like, wait a minute. Is Who's going to quit season? today? Anybody <laughs> thinking of quitting this morning? Is, jo- is Jody Sweeten on this season of survivor? I don't remember this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that smart idea, Mike. Yeah, just start start there, like really blend together. Okay, what's going to be the way the previous show ends so that people just might forget or really blur their eyes during that portion and seem to make it think that it's two separate shows? It's like a TikTok video that they sort of ended and then you don't realize that it started again. Yeah, I like that. Like the the gift that's looping and you don't necessarily realize that it's looping. It's a perfect loop. Mike, some other people are having complaints before the lanterns. Okay. You talked about Jody Sweet and Paulina. She is in pain. Her hips are on fire. But mm-hmm. we know that's it's not the most dangerous element, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. Yes. My uh, hips are on water. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Lewis is gonna be also having some issues. Okay. Yes, yeah, so we we get a little bit of backstory here, complete with like File photos of Ray Lewis is uh, 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 he's a he's really Johnny Appleseed, I think, with like the amount of children that he has. Uh, Interesting. I know it's a football uniform, but like I'm always confused when I see a picture of like guys in crop tops 
Uh, and so just have like Ray Lewis around like his sons who are all wearing these sort of like cut off shirts made me a, a little like tilt my head for a hot second. But yeah, the big to do is like, I wouldn't even say Ray's homesick. Ray's more so like home guilty that he feels like he's being selfish, ironically enough, for charity in missing one of his son's, you know, final seasons of football at Kentucky. Yeah, so uh, apparently Ray Lewis has uh, six kids, and uh, he's been gone on behind the, Beyond the Edge for four days. Now, I again, I will say we don't know how long that they have had to quarantine potentially for Beyond the Edge. Perhaps that they have been gone two or three weeks, but you have to imagine that they were probably like in communication uh, with their loved ones during that time. But uh, Ray Lewis, who on day three seemed very much, uh, you know, I'll never leave uh, by day four is really starting to reconsider this whole thing. Do you think he got like a notification on his secret iPhone of like, okay, this kid's game is today. He's like, oh, crap. Oh, I forgot. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I got to do this thing, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to ring that bell because, yeah, I do agree. It really. But this is the Joker. after Mm -hmm. all. And -hmm. he told us so many different stories back in the day of how he got these scars. Could it just be that like this might not even be the real reason why he wanted to leave the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And Ray Lewis, who has been retired for 10 years from the NFL, uh, still seems to feel like that his family feels like that he is uh, not around for them. I mean, listen, uh, given all the Tom Brady news, like I think actually it's an understandable attitude from Ray about like, yeah, you might think that I don't want to spend time with my family after retiring from the NFL because some people do for a hot second and then decide to unretire. Yeah, but do you think, Mike, and just to like uh, like the, you know, professional wrestling of this all, do you feel like that? It's everybody has to have a a thing that is supposed to be like, uh, oh, maybe this is why I need to quit. Like for Ray, he can't quit that. It's too tough. Uh, Does he have to like talk about that? He's going to leave for his family, then ultimately to not decide to leave. That's interesting. I mean, I wonder, could it be because how do you get airtime on Beyond the Edge? I guess that's true as well. Like you either have to have a drama filled backstory that gives you the reason why you are the person today or you have to sort of be that that dramatic person, right? You have to be that bitch. You have to be that one being like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. Close my back. Uh, I don't know. I also do like, on. by the way, the, the, the like the Blair Witch-esque handheld camera confessionals they occasionally do where like mm-hmm. someone's walking and they're, the camera's jiggling up and down. I don't know why they had them just not stand still and do it, but it is still fun nonetheless. It's a good point. Yeah, we're like, you don't necessarily have your time in the sun. Like, Ray wasn't really a part of the first couple of episodes. And then all of a sudden, he talks about wanting to quit. And they're like, oh, my God, we need something. This is gold. Well, him and Mike were sort of like fighting for the spot of who's going to talk people in off the ledge, uh, beyond the ledge. Mm. Uh, but then, <laughs> you know, this was like a different spot for him to be able to talk about that. Hey, maybe he wants to leave. Yeah, maybe that's the thing as well. It's like everyone has a role out there. You know, we already have one coach. We need... Uh, we need, you know, a yellow belly. We need someone who's like, I'm done with this. I got, I'm a family man. I've got to get out of here. And mm-hmm. so everyone kind of fills those archetypes in their own way. All right, let's go to the lanterns. Uh, Mike, do you have any thoughts on the lanterns overall? I, I, I just, why, why? Mm-hmm. It's, it's such an odd formalized process. This is the example of this meeting could have been an email. <laughs> this is quintessential example of it like you have a weekly team meeting in an office where you sit down they're like 
Does Any anybody want to quit? You know, like, well, first, I mean, that's an, a, definitely a question you don't want to ask in that office. But, you know, this is an idea of like, all right, any weekly updates? And you say, well, like, Phil, we've been, we're team members. We've been talking this entire week. Like, we haven't not been communicating with each other. There's nothing new from the stuff that we talk about the other four days of the week. And that's the very much the sense I get of the lanterns of like, it is absolutely dressing up a horse that does not exist, if you will, and putting cartography in front of it, literally of, all right, we're going to walk in here. I'm going to ask you some questions about how you feel. You will sum up the past 10 minutes of airtime that we saw in the edit. I'll ask if anyone wants to go. Most of the time you'll say no, and you'll turn your keisters and I don't know, step on a poison or oak vine or something. But it's not enough to say like, uh, nobody shows up there like, yeah, no, we're not quitting. We're good. Uh, yeah, it's hard, but I won't quit. Uh, but it's like everybody has to be um, like, I don't think I can do this anymore. This this is getting the best of me. I, I mean, I have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> do you think speaking of getting the best of me, like what do you think Boston Rob would have done out here? Um. I mean, like he would have been like living it up. You right think now. so? I, I, I mean, he he has by far like he makes Craig Morgan look like Meta World Peace by comparison. Um, what do you mean he would like be like living up in, the, in the elements? Yeah, I mean, like he spent triple digit days living out in the middle of nowhere in Survivor. Like mm. I think slumming it in the jungle, which it seems to be one of the most uncomfortable things for all these people, would be second nature. And you think him. he would be in good spirits uh, being a part of this? I, I mean, I, I think he'd be in relatively good spirits by comparison, I suppose. Maybe. But I, I think he would also take over for Moro from like announce the, the Lanterns, you know, just be like, all right, everybody sit down. You're quitting. Mm-hmm. Are you quitting? Mm-hmm. Got crybaby-itis over there, Jody? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, or he may just be like, hey, I'm too old for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought I was supposed to renovate something. You tricked me. I'm mm-hmm. renovating a shelter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I thought this was very interesting. I, I would love to know from uh, all of our uh, female listeners... Uh, all the uh, you know edge ladies out there, um, the, edge, the ones who have estrogen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, I would love to know uh, what they thought about Paulina's comparison of uh, well, just you know how just how hard is beyond the edge. I mean, you know, childbirth, natural childbirth is not fun, but you know that's a day. Day, that's like it's nothing compared to beyond the edge, natural childbirth. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, I have seen, I believe uh, Kathy Sleckman said this in Survivor Micronesia, where she's like, you know, I went through childbirth, a 24-hour childbirth. Like, I would do that three times over as opposed to being on Survivor. I think it is this idea, though, in all sincerity of like... But it's day four! But it's sustained misery, I think, versus like a one thing like, well, at least it'll be done, you know, at the end of it. Right now, there is no light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. They're only four days in, and they said they were going to be there for, what, a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. A couple, uh, maybe like 10 days. Come on. Yeah, but still, like, it. it's it's where every minute ticks by. But yeah, odd odd for Paulina to really invoke that comparison yeah. specifically. Speaking on behalf of, of the mothers of uh, the world, like, take Those it easy. Mother, the mother edgers. The mother edgers. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the- but I would also say that, like, uh, again, let's do like a Venn diagram here. You know, women giving birth, Paulina on Beyond the Edge, both of them have their hips killing them they both have hip issues yes okay um 
This was a question uh, many of us are asking at this point into week four. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, that's Morrow looking in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what do you think? Paulina, you said this is worse than childbirth. You're, what do you, it wasn't a good idea for you to come out here with the youth. Uh, uh, you gotta, you're gonna leave, right? Tonight's the night. Where I'm not giving up yet. Oh, boy. Wow. Oh, masterful turn. Shakespeare himself could not have written a better turn of phrase. I love it. It is so quintessential. There's like a Key and Peel sketch where they make fun of this thing, where they do like a Gordon Ramsay-esque show, right? Where it's like, uh, you know, you're going to have to pack your bags because you're going to Tahiti for the next step you're through. Like that type of reversal of language. Mm-hmm. So. It all makes sense. Listen, these people have to play it up to a certain perspective, but I suppose good on Paulina for really leaning us out there on that fishing line and getting us hook, line, and sinker. Morrow, I have to say that this has been an unbearable experience, and I can't take it anymore. And so I am officially going to quit quitting the show. I'm staying! I have just been fundamentally beaten down and there's nowhere to go but up. I'm staying. (laughs) Call the airport. Tell them to save me a seat on the next plane back to the camp because I am not leaving. (laughs) Let me put in my two weeks notice me not quitting tonight. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What am I doing? So you can. She obviously, I think, walked in like having that 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 phrase already built up in her head, right? Like she was practicing that the way that those Big Brother contestants practice their veto speeches. Yeah. I mean, again, here here's Jody. Quads are gonna just snap. They're so tight. Okay. So are you leaving? Maybe tomorrow, but not today. Okay. You got me. But the rhyme was there, Jody. My quads are so, like, my quads could snap. They're so tight. Maybe tomorrow, but not tonight. So now I will put up another fight. (laughs) And we'll see if I'll be in the right. (laughs) It's not a slight. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. The lanterns are fairly bright. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's it's all a bunch of like reversals from these people. And you can never tell. Maybe one of the purposes of the lantern is why they bring out the entire button in the display case on deal or no deal, right? Like when you have the opportunity presented in front of you, those little devils get in your head and they tempt you with the offers of the sweet, salacious luxuries you can partake on the way back home. But you have to look temptation in the face and say not today satan i'm going back home to camp (laughs) ray then tries to like we get like again i don't know if this is a fake out or ray is like uh, i'm gonna ring the bell Uh, i'm gonna do it and jody's like hey i do it before you like oh are we getting two people ringing the bell and they did the same thing last week where then and then we watched this whole sequence a second time uh after the commercial break and so uh, we get this, uh, and Ray Lewis says he's missing some of the most important moments of his children's lives that are happening right now. It's yeah, not worth I it. Will, 
I will say, I know I talked about this in the Amazing Race uh, podcast, how much I, I now dislike the Flurries if you're just joining us. Maybe second on that list for me is the repeat the final five seconds that happened at the end of the previous commercial mm-hmm. break in the beginning of the, after this commercial break of like, all right, you missed it. So here's the last 10 seconds before we, you watch that uh, Cymbalta commercial. Mm-hmm. It just feels like we don't watch TV like that anymore. So yeah, I agree. It just feels like padding. I also love uh, Jody being like the Helen Glover figure where every time someone wants to quit, she's like, no, absolutely not. Just like almost trying to bully people into staying mm-hmm. because they don't want to anger her. Yeah, you can't quit. Okay. Um, Ray Lewis says uh, that he's been, he's been helping people his whole life. Uh, he just wants to sit down. It's a, you know, it basically like, a, what's best for Ray? Well, I'm I tired of helping. I couldn't help but notice, Ray, you're sitting right now. Yeah. Okay. Ray, are you going to quit? No. Uh, that uh, Mike said, we came here to compete. Yep. I mean, I mean Mike was also like barking at him yeah. from across the way. Uh, but yeah, he says he's going to finish what he started, right? Unless there are any linemen in front of him, like he's going to take that pass rush all the way to the end. So that's Ray Lewis seems like he's in it for the long haul, right? Because that seemed to be the only sticking point for him. Uh, unless there was like a rather big significant game that's coming up. Like if he somehow finds out that his son's in the championship game that he's going to miss. Yeah. Yeah. Then like, then maybe he would check it out. There, I would compete. imagine not to ring a bell. We're not thinking about yeah, a bell. So, <laughs> so I, I, we're not I, talking about the bell. We're talking about practice. I hope Mike <laughs> quits. That would be <laughs> the greatest moment. He's like, I am here to stay. Not a day longer. I'm quitting the show. <laughs> I like that reverse as well. All right. And then Morrow gives us his signature. All right, please uh, keep fighting the good fight. Please. Paramount Plus is killing us on the ratings. You've got to fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. People are watching it all the time. Christine Baranski should have been on this season. Would have really checked a lot of boxes. Would have helped. Unfortunately... Uh, she is not here. All right. Yeah. So uh, everyone goes back. We are still what eight strong right the now. Grateful for the grateful eight continues. Eight. They're, they're not feeling as grateful, I believe, uh, as well. And that's also the name. The grateful eight is also strange because it can mean two things. But I also, I also don't like the double entendre in this case of like there. It's not them being grateful. It's that they are making people grateful. Mm-hmm. It's appreciating all all of their hard work. Yeah, but like super, but Superman doesn't make people feel super. He is a Superman. Mm -hmm. The the whole naming convention just doesn't make sense to me. Mike, we're only talking. uh, Well, I guess you're in the DC universe. I guess you could still have Superman. Right, exactly. If uh, if Ray Lewis is arch enemy, the Batman, like he's not batting other people. He is the Batman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mike, how many episodes are there going to be of Beyond the Edge? So I feel like Futon Critic, with all the announcements last week, right, of the Survivor finale, I feel like Beyond the Edge might be ending the week before with a two-hour episode. Let's Mm -hmm. let's check here. Yeah, so we we are what? We are four episodes in at this point. We are going five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then a two-hour episode 10. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so we're not even halfway there. All right, we're we're doing it, Mike. Commit. Mike, you're gonna finish what you started. Mike, are you gonna ring the bell? 
I mean, not anytime soon. Uh, I would say, you know, uh, click the bell, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, give me clicks on my Beyond Mike, the Edge interviews. That's not how people. we answer that question around here. All right. Well, I'm sorry, Moro. Okay. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to ring the bell. I went a little bit out of the box. I'm so sorry that within your O's and ones of your binary coding. Mike, that you got to give, give us a fake out if you're not going to ring the bell. Oh, okay. All right. Here's here. Okay. Sorry. Mike, right. are you going to ring that bell? You know what, Rob? I think it's time I finally close my computer because it has run out of battery from all the beyond the edge content I'm writing up for the near future. I'm still on the wagon. <laughs> All right. Well, then keep fighting the good fight. All right. Fist bump, Moro. Oh, my God. Um, anything else beyond the edge? No. no. Absolutely, absolutely not. We've gone through not even every nook and cranny, but like every molecule of this uh, of this proverbial English muffin. It's It's a show that. Again, I will say, does not have much to it. I think it is. Do you think there's any beyond the edge uh, gifts if I uh, look it up on Twitter? Oh, let's look. Yeah, let's do a good test of this. I would say maybe of Ebony crawling through the swamp, right? Pulling her own Kathy from BB12. But otherwise, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, so um, is this, uh, did somebody say, uh, uh, is this a meta says, uh, get my phone and call an Uber? That's a that's a uh, beyond the edge gif. Interesting. Okay, I'm seeing Ebony uh, Jody. I've seen Jody saying, "Oh God." Uh, <laughs> I'm seeing her going, "Ah." Uh, I am seeing a non-related gif of says living on the edge, and it is a man between two semi trucks getting split in half. <laughs> Moro would make a hell of an analogy out of that one. Yeah. Okay. If that well, was Ebony. <laughs> yeah. Here's Moro uh, to take the direct route. So yeah, beyond the edge, the the, the uh, gifts are catching on. Yeah, I, there's just one that has no words of it of just Lauren like looking down and then cutting to a wide shot. It looks like they just randomly cropped out two seconds of an episode without any sort of significance to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There also is a fair amount of uh, the edge, you know, the the member from you too. I see. <laughs> okay. So beyond the edge, uh, huge sensation. Of course, we are still working on bringing you a number of things. Uh, one, the beyond the edge, um, beyond the edge uh, takes on celebrity exorcism. Right. Where Meadow met Jody. Where Meta met Jody. Okay. I heard that that was incredible. I haven't watched it yet. It's on 2B, Mike. <laughs> Okay, or not to be. To be. Uh, Jenny Autumn and Chappelle and I are going to be covering Celebrity Exorcism. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be exciting. So, but, but wait, so this is this is like a movie, right? But it's not. It's, it's more like, like one a documentary? episode special. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I'm i I'm very intrigued. I mean, listen, we know like the Nathan for you stuff happened with the exorcism. I think it might be of even a lesser quality than that. Mm-hmm. And then I also want to make an official announcement that. Oh, I am offering up the world's only Beyond the Edge podcast to host the unofficial or official Beyond the Edge reunion show. Oh, my God. We will welcome all the cast members to an open forum. Yes. No holds barred. The lanterns after the lanterns. This is lanterns like no other. Where they're staying lit. And they might be a little lit if they're 
imbibing heavily before the podcast that this is an incredible idea. We've got to get everybody on here. I'll start plugging it in all my interviews. We got to get them raw and unfiltered. Can you ask them, will you be attending the unofficial, official Beyond the Edge reunion podcast? Oh, oh, so I should gaslight them that this already exists and be like, oh, yeah, you're you're attending Uh, this, right? If if we dream it, it exists. I'd be like, what are you doing on your Memorial Day? Well, I've got a StreamYard link with your name all over it. Okay. Um, Mike, thank you for making time to talk to us about uh, Beyond the Edge. I know uh, all of Edge Nation, the Edge Lords and Ladies appreciate it. So thank you so much. Uh, And I know Jenny appreciates it as well. Uh, We will have uh, Jenny back with us for next week's episode of Beyond the Edge. But Mike, what's coming up for you? Oh my goodness. Uh, I've got more than 80 pounds of content coming your way, and it's absolutely bananas. How can I plantain this schedule? Who knows? I've gone positively cocoa. <laughs> Fish. Uh, so, yeah, I mentioned this at the very top. Uh, Survivor 42 coverage is going incredibly strong. That has been such a fun, wackadoo season so far. Uh, in true fashion, it's been very proper for the B&B, which Liana Boris and I do every week. This week, we have Peridium on to cover episode five. I did an interview with uh, your friend and mine, Daniel Strunk, who uh, may have to have rung, rung the bell uh, nearly in the very first episode, not of his own choice, with, mm-hmm. with his one good hand, uh, but just had a real up and down journey over his time in Survivor 42. And then over on Post Show Recaps, uh, Josh Wiggler and I are, apologies for all the lost references out there, but I have lost on the brain because we are in uh, phase two, I like to say, of Down the Hatch, where we are ranking every episode of Lost via numbers that we have assigned to it. We give it rating scores and we sort of like collated all the data to find out which is the best episodes of Lost. And Josh and I try to guess every week what the numbers are. And that has just been a stupid excuse to talk lost. Like we mm. talked last week about Jorge Garcia being on the mass singer. We have updates on all the shows that lost alumni are in. Uh, so it's a really fun time with Josh, even if it is lost adjacent or lost adjacent McCormick, as we like to say, uh, I will, I recorded this last night, but I will be on an upcoming episode of the Bridgerton season two podcast Ooh. known as the dark walk. I have been positively titillated by <laughs> everything going down with the Bridgertons with the Danberries with the Featheringtons and the ton on the whole. Uh, and so I'm re- I had a really fun time with that. It was an incredibly invigorating episode. Uh, <laughs> wow. so if you wanna, yeah. If you want to hear me talk, what, Bridgerton, like, <laughs> what a tease. I sincerely love, I mean, listen again, what a tease of a very <laughs> good theme for Bridgerton season two. So if you want to check out like how much I have fondly fallen in love all of a sudden with Bridgerton, uh, be sure to wow. check that out. And there are other other projects to come. I will not officially announce them yet because last time I did that early, I got in trouble. So I will remain mum for the moment. Uh, but I will say if you want to tune into your feeds on Monday, there might be a new podcast coming. And Jessica, Lisa, and I uh, do intermittent coverage of Star Trek. And we actually did a podcast yesterday about Star Trek Picard. Yes. Which uh, is now in the second half of season two. They have gone completely off the rails mm-hmm. as well. They went back to 2024 and we also had a lot to talk about with the recent announcement of a reunion, much like Rob is hosting of Beyond <laughs> the Edge uh, for Star Trek The Next Generation coming in season three, the final season of Picard. So a lot of news to react to with myself and Jess. Yeah. OK. I was listening to that today. Uh, very fun to hear the Picard coverage and would love to jump in and uh, talk about this season once it's over. 
Oh yeah, we're we're definitely booking you for that. And if yes. not, we'll have you we'll have you have the Borg Queen time travel you to a certain point where you will be able to talk about Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Okay. Of course, uh check out everything else we have going on over on RHAP, all of our survivor coverage and everything else. Uh you can get it all in one place when you subscribe to Rob's podcast, Rob is website.com slash subscribe. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh feel better, Jenny. Take care of a good one. Bye. 